welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are all of your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. So, Samantha, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing very well. So I'm super excited to be talking about this film because I recently saw it as well. So why don't you give um, the audience a little taste of what it's about? Well, The Giver is um, about this boy named Jonas that he lives in this like um, community where they don't, where they're kept from the outside world, and he learns piece by piece about what the real world is about from an elderly man called The Giver, and he learns the real pain and the suffrage that comes from the real world that and he faced the fact that the that what he thinks that he wants is not all that great mm-hmm. yeah and in this film they're in a world where nobody has any emotions and like everybody has these specific jobs and everyone's assigned a family and then when you turn a certain age you move away from your family and you go start a new family and it's like this whole weird thing where everyone is so controlled because they think that if people the government thinks that if people think for themselves then there will be war and pain and so nobody feels any pain or joy or anything and it's crazy so what did you think about this film um well i really liked it i was really excited to see it because um the the book is like my favorite book ever and i thought that the i thought that the film was pretty good they kept a little bit of things from the book that were not in the movie and like but most both movies that are based on books do that um but i felt like they left some important things out but other than that the movie was great i like 100 percent agree with you on this the giver is actually my all-time favorite book too like out of every book i've ever read the giver is like my favorite which is weird because it was assigned to me in school and i normally don't like any of the books that i was assigned in school when i was in elementary school and middle school but in fifth grade i read this and i just fell in love with it and i do agree they did leave out quite a few things um and i feel like the movie was a little bit short did you do you agree with that or did you think it was a good length yeah, it was. I kind of walked out the movie theater like, wow, because I thought that the, because the book seemed like it would like drag down forever, and the book has so much detail, I guess, mm-hmm. that it had like, that it had every single thing. It was telling you everything, but the movie, since the movie kind of left things out, I felt like, but what happened to this person? What happened to that? What happened to this part? Why yeah, I agree. Up? I definitely agree. I think. I I mean, I wish the movie would have been two hours and 40 minutes instead of just, like, an hour and 40 minutes. Like, they could have added a lot, but that's honestly my only complaint. And I'm super excited because this is part of The Giver is part of a trilogy, and I'm really hoping um, that they do the next two books. Actually, I think it's the next three books. Yeah, there's four books in the series, I believe. So I'm excited, anyway, for the next three books. So what did you think about the visuals in this film, since that is a huge aspect of telling the story? Well, I really like the fact how, like, they, um, how they kind of, like, the when the, I'm not sure if the, the drone was visualized or not. The mm-hmm. drone that picked kind of, like, that flew around their country. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not, I'm not really sure if those were visualized or not. But if they were, I thought that that was great. Yeah, the, the CGI and whatnot. Uh And something that I think was really cool about this film is that it is in black and white in the beginning. 
And since you've read the book, you know that the fact that they they see in black and white is like a huge sort of something that you find out from reading the book. And so when I found out that they were making a movie, I was a little bit concerned about how they would sort of play that off, about how they would reveal that everyone sees in black and white. But I think they did a pretty good job of, of it, is what I'd say. So what do you think of the acting in this film? And do you have a favorite character? Um... I thought the acting was great. I thought that Meryl Streep did a great job as a chief elder. But my favorite character had to be um, Fiona. Mm-hmm. I really liked how like she stayed with at Jonah's side through the whole entire movie. I really thought that she was a strong character. And even the book, she was a strong character. So I really liked how they kept that, her personality, her character mm-hmm. trait. And I, I agree. She was very she was a very good actress, and I think everyone in this film does an amazing job. I think Jeff Bridges, who played the giver, or I guess the old receiver of memory, if we're getting technical, I think he did amazing, and I think he was perfect for the role. And I also love Brenton Thwaites, who was recently in um, The Signal, which everyone knows is my favorite movie ever, and he did amazing in this. So really quickly, um, before we're out of time, can you tell me how many stars you give this and what age rating? I give this movie um, five out of five stars because it was, even though it had some things that were in the book, but that were not in the movie, I still felt like it was a great, it was a great movie, and I would definitely want to see it like a jillion more times. Yes. Um, the age rating I give it this movie was would be, um, ten to thirteen, or ten to thirteen because I felt like it was a little bit mature and it was kind of hard to understand. Mm-hmm. So I don't think any kids, because I read the book when I was 10. I read the book when I first got to fifth grade. Yeah, same. Yeah, I definitely think probably 10 and up would be a good age rating. Well, Samantha, thank you so much for telling us all about The Giver. Uh, you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are talking all about the new films. We have just talked about The Giver, and um, now we will be talking about the New York City sing-along bus ride tours with the Holderness family, which is awesome. Um, so, Samantha, why don't you tell me a little bit about this, because I really have no idea what these bus tours are all about. Um, well, they were, the Holderness family were there, and they were pr- promoting um, the Legends of Oz movie, the new, the sequel to The Wizard of Oz, the animated movie. They were promoting that movie, and it was really fun. We got to go on a double-decker bus. There was a big sing-along with the songs from The Legends of Oz. Um, we got to meet the whole family. Yeah. It was a it was my first time interviewing anybody, so it was a great experience. Well, it sounds really fun. And so, what type of? So you were on a double decker bus, yeah. Mhm. That's awesome. And what was it like getting to tour New York City and also having like the sing along aspect and all this really awesome stuff going on? Well, um, I thought that I really liked the sing along on the bus because he was only just like singing. He was also like talking to us. There was also a giveaway that whoever participated the most singing, he would give away little things like um, stuffed animals and gift cards and stuff like that. Um, we would also pass other buses, other double-decker buses, and they would sing along with us too. And we would like taunt them like, oh, we're having more fun than you. <laughs> we would just be like sitting there like looking out. And yeah, it was really fun and we laughed a lot. I took so many pictures. 
Yeah. Yeah, I always do that. I'm always, like, constantly on my camera or my phone taking pictures of everything. I feel you. Um, so you went with your family on this tour? Yes, I went with my mom, my sister, and her two kids. And do you think that this would be sort of a good family event because it's, you know, still entertaining, but you're getting to go outside and explore new places and you're with your family? Well, yeah, totally. It's totally a family, a family event because there was, um, we stopped at little places around the city where a bunch of people, like different people got on with their kids and the kids were singing. And um, like I said before, my niece she it was her first time on a double decker bus so she was just like flipping out the whole time like oh my gosh look at that look at that <laughs> and yeah it was super fun well it sounds like an amazing time and what sort of songs were you singing just like typical ones that everyone would know um we were singing songs from the movie oh cool see i didn't know it was a musical so i guess that makes sense then yeah they were just like and- little songs oh uh, you can you no, they were just, go ahead. They were just like little songs from the movie that, and then later when we actually saw the movie, um, we were just we knew all the words and they're super catchy, so we were just like singing along, having a great time. Oh, that's so fun! See, I love being able to like know the words of songs. Like when I saw Les Mis, I was like singing along to all the words in the movie theater and whatnot. Um, so tell me <laughs> a little bit about the movie since we sort of covered the bus tour. What do you think of the Legends of Oz? Um, I really liked the movie. I liked all the characters, the new characters that they added since it was a sequel. Um, I thought that each character they added was like super creative. And I liked how since it was a sequel they added things in the movie that you would never think of happening after the original movie. Mm-hmm. And what did you think about having the Holderness family on the bus with you? Was that pretty exciting? That was I think that was like the highlight of our tour. Um I got to interview them, and I got to... They actually dressed their kids up. They dressed the boy like Toto and the girl like Dorothy. So it was really fun. And um, we got to sit with them. We were talking with them the whole time. The dad was, the dad was like, knew, knew everybody in my family's name. They were like, oh, Samantha, come up here and sing with me. Oh, um, oh, Lisa. And it was really fun. It was... That sounds like such a fun time, and it sounds super cute and uh i'm glad you like the movie especially since it's a sequel you know you never really know what to expect from sequels but it sounds like it was pretty good uh samantha thank you so much for telling us all about the giver and also your bus tour experience and the legends of oz it's always a pleasure having you on the show you are very welcome thank you so guys be sure to check out the giver and the legends of oz Let's take a break. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? 
It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. It's Kids and Cars. If you could get behind the wheel of your favorite hot car, where would you take it? Join your hosts, who are both car enthusiasts, as they take you inside, on the road, and past the pits with your favorite concept cars. This is your chance to burn rubber and leave the others behind in the dust. Tune in to Kids and Cars, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. If you miss the show, you might as well be stuck in the garage. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Hey, welcome back to Kids Turn your First Coming Attractions. Another movie I'm is coming up. And you're listening to Voice America Kids. You just talked about Legends of Oz busting along with the Horde and his family, The Giver, and right now we're talking to Raven about If I Stay. How are you doing, Raven? I'm doing very well. How are you, Jerry? Pretty good. So, this film looks pretty interesting, so can you tell us about the storyline? Yes, of course. So, If I Stay is based off of a uh, novel, and it's about a teenage girl named Mia, played by Chloe Moretz, who I absolutely adore. And pretty much, Mia has, you know, a wonderful, quirky family. She has a boyfriend who loves her very much, although when the film first starts, they're having a little bit of troubles um, with their relationship, but all the same, she has a boyfriend who loves her. She is a musician and has an aspiring music career to play the cello, and she's applied to Juilliard, and, you know, her life is going pretty good. You know, it's her senior year of high school, and things are pretty normal. Well, it turns out to be a snow day, and her and her family decide that they should, you know, go visit some friends on the other side of town, so they all get into the family car and they're driving and singing along and having a good time and then bam Mia's life completely changes she gets into a horrible car accident leaving her entire family hospitalized and she's in a coma well while she's in this coma she's having an out of body experience where she's watching everything going on around her and she can see herself getting put into the hospital she can see her family getting wheeled off to surgery like she can see all these things going on so while she is in surgery a a nurse leans down to her and says you know it's all up to you now whether you whether you stay or you go whether you live or you die it's up to you right now so if you've got any fight in you you have to pull it out so it's pretty much all about Mia deciding whether or not she should, you know, stay or go, you know, and she's, the whole film is pretty much flashbacks of her memories of her life and all of her hardships, and she's trying to figure out if it's worth living in a world that is going to be completely different now. Oh, wow, that's, wow, that's that's pretty deep, actually. Yeah, it's so, very intense. <laughs> yeah, so uh, when I saw the cover for this film, I thought this is going to be just another adult romance film, but clearly it's wrong. Is there any romance in this film? Yeah, there's romance because it focuses a lot on Mia and her boyfriend. Um, and, you know, they, they fall in love and it sort of follows their relationship of them falling in love and having their hardships. And then he, you know, graduates a year before her. So he's going off and um, playing music because he's a musician as well and he has a band. And so, yeah, there's definitely romance because um, the two of them have romance. But it's centered more around her life as a whole you know it's centered a lot around her family and the bonds that she has there and her connection with music and so it's really so much more than just you know a teen romance 
Well, that's pretty cool. And what do you think of the idea? Do you think that this is a really weird idea and definitely not a good film? Or do you think this is a very special and unique idea? I think it's definitely an amazing film. I cried, like, the entire time. Every time the trailer would come on, I'd start to, like, well up with tears. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to need so much tissue when I see the film. So I think the film was amazing. Um, It was very well executed, and it made me sob. And by the end of the film, the entire audience was crying. And I think it is a really touching idea because nobody really knows what happens you know what goes through people's minds when they're in comas or what happens to you when you're you know about to die or once you die like nobody really knows because nobody's experienced that and you know live to tell the tale um so i think it's a very intriguing idea and i think it was executed very well that's definitely good that relates to my next question is the directing pretty good the directing is very well done. Um, I definitely think that the style of directing was awesome because um, a lot of the film's flashbacks, as I said, and the way that the flashbacks transitioned between real life was very fluent. And it definitely wasn't like the cheesy, like, oh, she's having a flashback now. And something that was also really cool is there were moments where it was like large portions of the film were like scenes that were happening that had happened in her past. But then um, other parts of the film, like there's a part where she's remembering her little brother, um, um, who was also in the accident with her and it's sort of just like a montage and like sort of fast images of him as a baby and you know learning to walk and all this stuff which I thought was really cool because it kept the visuals interesting well that's definitely good uh, how many stars would you give this film I give this film four and a half out of five stars um, because I thought the film was incredible and I was so excited to see it and I loved it and I love Chloe Grace Moretz. I love her so much, and she's an amazing actress, and I love her in all of her films, but I think she could have done better in this role, I think, because um, I think she's not really used to playing the girly girl. Like, she's sort of used to playing, like, the sort of rough-and-tumble, tomboy, like, can-do-anything character, and the character Mia was very girly and very shy and reserved, and I think it was definitely a new role for Chloe to play, and so I think she could have done a little bit better, um, but that's the only reason why I take off half a star. Hmm. Well, it sounds definitely like a good film. Sadly, hmm. that's all the time we have. Thank you so much for talking to me, Raven. Absolutely. You're listening to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jerry Ors. And today we are talking about And today we are talking about Legends of Oz about sing along with the Hordness family. If I stay and right now we're talking to Raven about what if. How are you doing today, Raven? I am doing awesome. These are two movies with ifs in them. If I stay and what if. It's crazy. Yes, very interesting. Mm -hmm. And both a little bit about romance too, so you know. Very cool. Yes. <laughs> so about the film now, what do you think is the storyline of the film. Um, so What If is sort of a romantic comedy um, starring Daniel Radcliffe, who I'm super excited to see him in sort of like a more lighthearted film because I haven't really seen him in a lighthearted film yet. Um, but it's about um, his character, Wallace, who is sort of crippled by this relationship that he just got out of and you know he's being very antisocial and then he decides okay you know what I'm just gonna go to my friend's party and he goes and he meets a girl named Chantry and they end up hitting it off they become super close and really good friends and then Wallace finds out that Chantry has a boyfriend but he doesn't want to jeopardize their friendship so he decides okay you know what we're just gonna be friends I'm gonna respect that 
But as their friendship develops, they both start having feelings for each other and they have to figure out how to navigate their way around that. Wow, so this is very interesting. So this definitely is a romance, right? This definitely is a romance, but it is it is a very unique romance in a sense that um I don't know. They it's not like, oh my gosh, these people are madly in love with each other and they're going to like fall in love and whatnot. It's like they love each other so much as friends, but then it starts to develop into something more, but they never cross the boundary of being, you know, just friends while Shantry has a boyfriend. Like that's a foundation of the film is that they both really hate cheating and they hate cheaters and whatnot. And so I think that's something that's cool cuz a lot of times it's like, "Oh, we're in love and we can't help it" and blah blah blah. So I think it was cool because there was self-control here. <laughs> oh, that's that's pretty cool. So I know this film is also a comedic film. What do you think of the com- comedy? I thought the comedy was really good. It was really funny. I think this is definitely more of an adult film, though. Um, definitely, like, older teens and up because um, there is a lot of adult comedy. But, you know, I think it is a very funny film. I laughed a lot. Um, it It was definitely pulled at my heartstrings too and it stayed it was very real and authentic um which made the comedy even more funny because i'm like oh my gosh i've totally been in situations like that that's cool that it's real and it's not just some soppy romance that has very cheesy comedy so i'm glad it's a lot better than that yes what do you think your favorite scene is oh my gosh oh my gosh that's so hard i don't know I can't really think of a favorite scene. I do have a scene, though, that I think is kind of cool because of the experience that I had in the theater. I saw this at the Alamo Draft House, which is probably my favorite um, chain of theaters because it's like a movie theater and a, like a diner as well, but they show a lot of like old black and white films and they show a lot of stuff from the 80s. And so it's not they don't just show like new films. But anyway, um, in this film, it features this sandwich called Fool's Gold, which was apparently Elvis's favorite sandwich. It was an entire loaf of bread covered with an entire jar of peanut butter, an entire jar of jelly, and a pound of bacon. So they talk about this um, sandwich a lot in the film, and they, like, make it for each other and all this stuff. But at the theater, they actually were was serving that. And so it was really cool because while I'm watching, um, you know, Shantry and Wallace talk about this and cook this on screen, I'm, like, eating it and sitting. So I guess that scene was kind of cool being able to relate to that and it's a delicious sandwich despite the fact that it sounds crazy hmm i really need to try that sandwich with that yes so what do you think would be your favorite character um my favorite character is probably shantry played by zoe kassan because um i love zoe she is also in ruby sparks and the pretty one which is sort of both romantic comedies and she um her character i guess she always plays a very lovable character very quirky very funny and um the character shantry is just a very like real authentic genuine character and she's so funny and also very moving at times she can be very serious when she needs to be she can also be super lighthearted and fun and I definitely see a lot of aspects of myself in her character and I definitely see a lot of aspects of friendships that I've had in her friendship with Wallace um so I think it's she's just very relatable and funny and Zoe Kassan is a great actress Sally that is all the time we have thank you so much for talking to me Raven Absolutely. It was a pleasure. And make sure you check out What If and If I Stay in theaters now. It is. So, 
So let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Are you ready to explore the amazing world under the sea? Your host is a certified scuba diver, explorer, he likes to cook, and most of all, he's just a kid like you. You'll find out a lot more lies under the sea than what you've seen on TV, in movies, and even in aquatic parks. You'll learn about all kinds of fish, as well as other sea creatures. We'll take you to some exotic destinations and so much more. There's a whole big world under sea just waiting to be discovered. Tune in to Under the Sea, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Kids. Every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly. Our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea and to the top of Mount Everest. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly. Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids. What about the world concerns you? Is it future success? Is it world issues? Are you just looking to change the world in general? Tune in to What Up World? It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, or what you look like. Everyone is entitled to the same chance for success. Follow your dreams. Move forward. Make a difference. Tune in to What Up World every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, and welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Raven Vanny, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. We just talked about The Giver, What If, If I Stay, and the New York City ride-along bus tour, as well as the uh, Legends of Oz, which is a sequel, which is in theaters now. Um, So right now we are talking with Brianna all about the film The Identical. So Brianna, how are you doing today? I'm doing fabulous. It's great to talk to you again. How are you? 
I am so happy that I get to talk with you because I haven't talked to you in so long and I'm doing very well. So, um, I cannot wait to see this film. It looks fantastic. Uh, but why don't you tell the audience who may not know about it what it is all about? I shall. Well, basically, The Identical is about two twins, Ryan Wade and Drexel Hemsley, who are played by Blake Rain. So, they can sometimes they usually get they can get twins to play twins or they can get one person to play twins it's just based on whether you want two people or not (laughs) and they get separated at birth for financial reasons during the great depression so their birth parent their birth parents can't take care of them both so a preacher and his wife adopt ryan to give him a better life and to um because they wanted a child they really wanted a child so like one family is in need I mean, one family doesn't have enough money to take care of two, and one family really wants a child, but they can't have one. So it's like, it's kind of a solution. Life gave you a solution. And so the boys have different lives, They but they both share their passion for music because, I mean, they're twins. They share everything. Mm-hmm. So Drexel performs as this famous rock star, and then Ryan tries to get a mu- music career, but he struggles between pleasing his parents and doing what his parents want or his dreams. So basically that in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. So when I first started to see the trailer, I was like, oh my gosh, is this an Elvis movie? Because as yes. you know, these guys have sort of the same hairdos. And then as it went on, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting because it's not an Elvis movie, but it's a completely <laughs> different thing. And it's all exciting and new and awesome. So what did you think about this film? I loved it. I mean, when I first saw, when I first saw like the first scene when um, he was riding in the car, um, Drexel, was riding in the car I thought it was Elvis I'm like so you're <laughs> like so Elvis. what is this <laughs> I don't understand I didn't I didn't see Elvis anywhere in the plot line but okay but then I, I then I got into it I'm like okay I get it but I originally to the film I love it I I am um, I'm a Christian and it's, this really portrays Christianity um I love the storyline. Like, I haven't... I mean, they may have made films like this, but I have not seen a film like this. I really think it has originality and um, it stands alone. I mean, you could... I don't think you could make a sequel out of this. I think it just a standalone type of film. Yeah. I don't think they're planning to make a a sequel, so that's good. <laughs> good. A lot of times sequels ruin movies, and you're like, yes. no, please don't, please like, don't. Yes, and then when you think of that film, you're just, you, the only thing you think about is the sequel. Yeah, kind exactly. Of <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm super glad that you like this film. So since this obviously follows, um, you know, a musical family and these two twins and their journey through music and whatnot, what did you think of the music in this? And also something that I am noting from the IMDb page is that it goes, you know, from the 1950s to the 1970s, so obviously the music changes a lot um, over those decades. So what did you think about the music and all of its colorful spectrums? Colorful. That's nice. Um, Colorful. (laughs) Yes, colorful. Uh, well, with the music change, as you said, it, it goes from 1950s to 1970s because that's that's basically their lifespan. Um, well, not lifespan, but that's that's yeah, more lifespan. More about life. Yeah, you you understand what I'm saying. I get you. I get you, girl. Like when when um when they start, like when the film starts, it's you can see a lot of like like 
plantations and 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 I'm not saying that plantations and stuff like that was popular, um, but like, it was still like around. Yeah, know? it was still it was still spotted in some areas, so that was there. And so, I mean, you could definitely see the music change. It's not a big, big difference, but you like if you were paying attention. Um, I was kind of half paying attention because I mean, <laughs> it's a musical film, yes. um, so I was kind of half paying attention, and so. I could sense the the music the music change because it went from I couldn't I can't really name the first part of the film's music but it definitely went to rock it went to rock and roll and it went to all these crowds and yep. and then I thought of Elvis and I'm like man <laughs> like, not, not Elvis not Elvis <laughs> yes but um the music I really like the music I like um I'm not a big fan of rock um, mm-hmm. Because, I mean, well, rock now, it's just, like, screaming. Like, scream rock. Yeah, but, like, glam rock of the 70s was yeah, pretty cool. I l- yeah, it was pretty... I could understand. <laughs> <laughs> I could understand what they were saying, so that was pretty good. Yes. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and we have been talking about The Giver, If I Stay, What If, and uh, we were talking about The Legends of Oz and the New York City bus sing-along tour. And right now we are talking with Brianna about The Identical, which is a musical film about two twins separated at birth and they rock their way through life. Oh, yeah. Oh, just that was really nice. Tagline, yeah, that right? was really nice. <laughs> right. Anyway, um, talk to me a little bit about the acting because as you said, these two twins are, um, are acted by the same person, um, Blake Rain. Or, yeah, Rain. I think that's... Rain. Okay, cool. Awesome. Got it. Um, so... How did he do playing two different characters? Because, I mean, I know he's playing twins, so they're pretty similar, but obviously they've got to have some, you know, character differentiation. So how do you think he did with taking on the task of two characters? Well, the looks were pretty much the same, so we didn't really have to try there. Yeah. <laughs> but but the different characters, I felt like he was, he, he was like... Blake Rain. I'm not speaking about an actual character, but Blake Rain, I feel like he really separated himself. Like he could be Ryan Wade, who was this humble, um, really not conservative, but he he followed his parents until he was older and he was like yeah. this. And then Drexel Hemsley, who was I'm not saying that he was complete opposite, but he was he was Definitely very a out bit more there. outgoing. Yeah, he was like, I want to do this and this is what I'm going to do and I'm not going to let anyone stop me and this is what I'm going to do. So he definitely separated this. I like how he separated it because it's not like, oh, I can sense a little bit of, I can sense a little bit of Ryan Wade or I can sense a little bit of a Drexel. But, I mean, you can sense a little bit of both because that's what they are. They're twins. That's that's what's going to happen. But they have but, their own unique flair and whatnot. Yeah, I felt like he gave each of them their own unique flair and, um, but he also kept in kept in mind that they're twins. Like, mm-hmm. there's this one scene when um, when I think Drexel gets hurt, and Ryan feels it, and they don't they don't even know they they are brothers, and Ryan feels it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it is so powerful. So, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, Talk to me a little bit about the costumes and designs and whatnot of the sets, because as we said, the music transitions, but how does the style of the film transition? Okay, the beginning of the film, like maybe maybe 30, 34, 30, 45 minutes of it. Actually, scratch that, 25 minutes. <laughs> scratch, <laughs> scratch that. that. Rewind, rewind. <laughs> rewind. Um, the the first 25 minutes, 20 minutes were, I could definitely sense that it was 
it was older. I could definitely sense that because yeah. I, when I when I see films and, and I want to review them, I try not to look at anything, like any reviews, any anything before I see it, so that it doesn't right. cloud so my. Right, like fresh in your mind. Yeah. So, I didn't know it was a period piece. I didn't know anything. Um, so when I went into it, I was just like, is this like an 1800s type thing? <laughs> I'm really bad with my periods, but then I'm just like, no, it's definitely in the 1900s. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't, I didn't really know which part, but then later in the film, I kind of got bits and pieces of it. it's like, oh, this is this and this is this, but it, you can definitely lay out like it's, it's here, it's here, it's here, it's here, it's here. Like you can, yeah. you can know where it is. And then I later in the film, yeah, later in the film, there was a lot more bright colors. It was, um, it's not that the cinematography was dull at the beginning. Um, it's just, you could, you could see like the clothes were brighter. The clothes were more, more modern as we have now. Um, not as modern, but, <laughs> but modern. Yes. <laughs> because, it's very glam rock and yeah, very, um, glam rock. I mean, out very, there hair and <laughs> yeah for sure for sure um so talk to me a little bit about the age rating you recommend for this film because i could see it going as like a total family film and i could also see it being as you know more mature again i have not seen it so i'll let you speak to that i will speak <laughs> thank you raven for allowing me to speak you're welcome <laughs> uh, i put this as a 10 to 18 and mm. that was very hard for me to come come like that be my age rating because in some parts of the film I'm just like when I was 10 I would not be able to comprehend this yeah. and then there's some parts of the film that six-year-olds can comprehend it's it's yeah. just really it's kind of torn mm-hmm. so I kind of took 13 to 18 and 6 to 18 and kind of <laughs> mixed that together <laughs> Absolutely. it's like well you're 10 to 13 I mean t- 10 to 18 that makes sense so <laughs> Yes. Well, Brianna, thank you so much for telling me all about this film, and I cannot wait to see it. I will probably see it this weekend, honestly, because I'm a nerd and I like musical (laughs) films. Sorry. (laughs) Well, guys, be sure to check out The Identical. It sounds like an awesome film, and it'll get you singing and up on your feet. Let's take a break. I'm Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Hits First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune in to Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts? If so, make sure you tune in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Angel and Harmony have experience singing, acting, and performing in general and want to help you live out your dreams of the future. Whether you are interested in acting, modeling, dancing, or singing, this is the show for you. We'll even give you the scoop on being behind the scenes if you're a little shy. The Angel and Harmony Show is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Thank you and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids. I am Jerry Ors and today we'll be talking about The Giver, 
Legends of Oz buzz sing along before this family. If I stay, what if the identical? Right now we are talking to Willie about the Giver. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Pretty good. Can you tell us about this film? Uh, yes. The Giver is basically about a community that tries to be as perfect as possible by taking away the memories of its population. Until this boy named Jonas is uh, picked to become the next giver and learns about the memories and tries to free his community of the oppression that they've been uh, put under. Oh wow, that sounds like a fantastic film. Definitely a unique. So I saw there was a bit of romance in this. Is it really cheesy or is it pretty unique? It's, it's, a, it's a very unique romance because it, it comes together as Jonas figures out what love is because love is one of the emotions that's been taken away from them. So it's a very, um, very nice romance. It's not cheesy at all. That sounds very cool. And what would you say the genre of this is mainly? Would it be drama, romance, action? It's, it seems to me it's a, a science fiction drama type. Um, it mixes the future with many dramatic moments. Hmm, well, that's definitely a great way to look at it. And what do you think your favorite scene would be? <laughs> My favorite scene towards the end when Meryl Streep and Jeff Bridges go head-to-head -head as they debate about basically what the film is about. Um, should we have the right to make decisions and are memories worth having? Hmm, very interesting. I really want to know what this is, what it ends with. But if you want to know, you got to watch the film. Well, how many stars would you give this film? Um, four out of five stars. And why that? Because I really feel this film is very impactful. I think it's, I think the ideas that are spread through the script and that the actors convey are, are sensational. I, I love this movie. And I have to ask this question, what do you think of the title, The Giver, and the main character, The Giver? Would you think a better name would be better? No, I think the name suits, suits the film fine because it's about giving memories, giving opportunities, giving emotions, giving who you are for the good and for the bad. I think it fits it fine. Mm. Very interesting way to look at it. And since this... Since this cast of the movie includes some pretty famous people, including Meryl Streep, like you said, what do you think? What, how, what do you think the cast did on this? How do you think they did? If it was me having an Oscar ballot, I would put Meryl Streep and Jeff Bridges' name there immediately. First of all, Meryl Streep is my favorite actress, so I think she's sensational in most things. But she really stands out here as Chief Elder. And then you have the rest of the cast, such as Odea Rush and um, Brandon Thwaites, that really give uh, great performances, despite their lack of experience and how young they are. The ensemble's wonderful. Well, it sounds very, very cool. Uh, so, about, so this is a very unique idea. What do you think would happen if this really happened in the real world? Would you think the same thing in this film happened? It, it's hard for me to say because um, it's not really something I think about, but I believe if it were to happen, I think we wouldn't really know what happened because our memories would be wiped out. So I don't think we'd have much knowledge of the past, and so we'd only see it as something that's normal 
and something that's right. Hmm. Very interesting. Sally, that is all the time we have. Thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. If you want to see The Giver, it is now in theaters near you. You're listening to Kids First Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jerry Ors, and today we are talking about Legends of Oz Blue Sing Along with the Hordness Family, If I Stay, What If, The Identical, The Giver. Right now we're talking with Willie about When the Game Stands Tall. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Pretty good. So, I know this film is mainly about sports, but can you tell us a bit more about it? This this movie is about a team that um, wins 151, I believe, games in a row. It's about um, high school football. And then it goes much deeper than that. It talks about the players and their lives and how the team and the legacy of the streak impacts them and how they overcome various obstacles. Ooh, very interesting. This sounds very inspiring. Were you inspired? Um, uh, some of the messages in the film did did touch me, but for the most part, um, I I liked I liked a few of the aspects of the film, but I wouldn't say I was inspired. Okay, and do you think do you what do you think the moral or message of the story is? The moral of the story is to sacrifice for the greater good of the team of, of a group of people to not be selfish okay well that's a very good message definitely so do you think it's just another, another sports film where they go through obstacles they come from the top I mean from the bottom to the top and bam everyone wins or do you think this is a more unique and inspirational story well the thing is the story has, has many subplots that um, go towards go towards the big picture um there are obstacles there are some predictable moments within the within the within the movie that you can guess and some of the archetypes of the characters are cliche but overall it's not like any other sports movie you'll you'll probably see hmm very cool and it does sound very inspirational i mean a team a high school team that was from the very bottom went to a hundred and fifty winning streak that's pretty cool Sounds like a fantastic film. How do you think the cast did? I think the t- I think uh, most of the cast did pretty good. Um, I, I I like personally I like the actors in it, and I think they did a fine job of portraying their characters. Hmm. And how about the directing? Um, the directing to me was was inconsistent personally. Uh, to me, the second half of the film was better than the first half. But overall, the directing, it got its point across. It got its message across in the end. So you say the second half was a bit worse. Can you tell us a bit more detail how it was? Um, I, the, first, the second half was better than the first. Oh, sorry. Can you tell us how the first <laughs> okay. half was worse? Uh, the first half, because the first half had more cliches. And I know it's hard to avoid cliches, especially in film nowadays. But by the same token, there are different ways that you can portray a message or that a screenplay can be built so that there is some element of surprise or that at least you make the cliches seem new. And I just didn't feel the first half really engaged me enough. But the second half was, it was, it was wonderful to watch. Hmm. 
Well, it still sounds like a very good film. What do you think your favorite scene of all of them was? Or a favorite game since this is a group of 150 games they all won? Um, my favorite scene is probably a scene in which two of the players uh, have an argument over whether or not they're going to go to um, over which college they're going to go to. I think that's a very powerful scene about two friends who made a pact to stay together, but in the end, success kind of pulled them apart. Hmm. Very interesting. And do you have a favorite character? I love the coach. The coach is very true to himself and true to the team, and I like values. Of, I like those values. Hmm. Very cool. And I just have to say, personally, this does inspire me, because this is, in fact, not just a tale told by some director. This is actually based off a true story. It broke every record in American history of sports. So I think that's pretty inspirational. And surprise, surprise, it's from a just normal high school team. How many stars would you give this film? I'm going to give this film uh, two and a half out of five stars, mainly because I'm not sure how non-football fans will like it. I'm not sure the non-football scenes are enough to grasp the casual moviegoer, but the football scenes are sensational to watch. So um, I'd give it two and a half out of five stars. Okay. And an age rating? Age rating. Um, there are some very mature themes in there and some instances of language. So 14 to 18. Hmm. And what do you think the moral or message of the story is? Uh, the moral of the story is to not think of yourself, but uh, to think of a team, to think of a group, and to um, and to not be selfish. Okay. Well, Sally, that is all the time we have. Thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And if you want to see when the game stands tall, it's in theaters near you. Thanks so much for joining us. This is Jerry Ors, and you have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To hear more film reviews and learn how you can become a Kids First film critic, go to kidsfirst.org and check out our new Kids First blog on Huffington Post. This show is produced for the Voice America Kids Network by Kids Star Radio. We empower kids. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know what to see. And speaking of C, we'll see you again next week. Hello, my name is Lindsay Marie from Phoenix, Arizona and host of Bookworm. The kids store album of the month this month is Back in School, Neil Brewer and Friends. Let's listen to Dodgeball. Look out, Mary's got the ball. And her eyes are set on you She's lean, she's mean, she's quick and tall There's nothing you can do One time she drew a beat on Fred Back when he first moved in She slung one straight upside his head Fred hasn't played since then We laughed when we first saw her throw with that wind-up fling and twirl Now every single kid I know Tries throwing like that girl But none of us have matched her way Perhaps it's in the eyes We only know that when 
she plays We drop like swatted flies Dodgeball, dodgeball Mary gonna make us fall It ought to be against the law She should even play it all Dodgeball, dodgeball Mary sure is beautiful But friend, I wouldn't tell her that Cause she'll wind up hard And you'll wind up flat Every day, Mary puts us in our place. Though we try, we cannot get away from that Mona Lisa face. Each day, we wonder who it is she's gonna level first. And when she's through with what she does, we all line up for the nurse. Dodgeball, dodgeball, Mary's gonna make us fall. It ought to be against the law. She should even play it all. Dodgeball, dodgeball, Mary sure is beautiful. But friend, I wouldn't tell her that, cause she'll wind up hard. And you'll wind up flat. When I go out into the world, don't know what job I'll do. But I can bet I'm the one girl who's gonna run a wrecking crew. Dodgeball, dodgeball, Mary gonna make us fall. It ought to be against the law. She should even play it on. Dodgeball, dodgeball, Mary sure is beautiful. But friend, I wouldn't tell her that cause she'll wind up hard. She gonna wind up hard. She gonna wind up hard. And you Look out, Mary's got the ball And her eyes are set on you The Kid Star Album of the Month is Back in School by Neil Brewer and Friends All musical proceeds Neil Brewer and Friends received are donated to the Harvard Stem Cell Institute to put an end to muscular dystrophy. For more information, go to the Kidstar website, www.kidstar.org.